everybody, welcome back into Roosters. This is Letterman Live. We are in the Letterman Lounge. It's a beautiful day in Columbus, Ohio. They were taking the cover off the televisions on the patio mm-hmm. as we walked in. The weather is great. It's heating up. Roosters is is bumping. And then we were watching golf yesterday. I don't, know, I don't know if everybody was. I was. Tens of thousands of people out there just flocking Phil Mickelson. So the patio is open and COVID is over. Sports are <laughs> normal. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yesterday was great. The weekend's great. So come out here. I think it's fried pickles. It's appetite. fried pickles. Mm, yeah, they're delicious. Mm-hmm. So they're actually Bill, really good. Bill Zwick's. You sound. You sound surprised. I, Nicole, no, they're actually I, pretty good. Well, you know, you well, like trying to cut you off on the chips. at a bunch of different places. You know, and ours are good. They're oh, the they're delicious. They're the no, absolute no. best. That's Berm down there. Justin Zwick, Nicole Cox from Roosters, and Bobby Carpenter. Uh, we are back for another episode. A lot to cover. Bob, did anybody attack you over the last week? You got to start off this every week, though. No, we didn't. Obviously, it wasn't a great episode because we didn't offend anybody. And when I say we tried, tried. (laughs) there wasn't a fan base. There wasn't someone that stumbled across this. Baylor fans didn't. Yeah, uh, they didn't check in. All all five of them missed it. There's not. There's not a lot of Baylor fans, and they're not a very. Well, they are passionate, but not to the same level. I think Mm -hmm. emotionally of some of our friends and Austin's guys down in the SEC from where she was covering Tennessee for so many years down there. Yeah, if we want to ever get you into a real heated debate for the fan base on Twitter, Vol Twitter is where you want to go, Bob. So just start talking about <laughs> mate, you cuz that's where you they actually play. haven't been shy cuz you've talked a lot about McDonald's payments on the show. I bring it up all the time. I mean, they've been trying to cheat and still haven't won for 20 years. Like that's what's really impressive. Sad. They actually ha- had it figured out when Lane Kiffin was there and they were going to cheat and win. And I was seeing that, and that's why they were so pissed off and started burning mattresses when he left because he was taking the formula with them elsewhere. The formula <laughs> didn't work. It didn't work well. for him out there. Well, you know, sometimes it doesn't work everywhere you go. Yeah. You got to have the same level of commitment. But, this, but now, the same Miss, I got a feeling it'll work there pretty oh, well. Oh yeah, it'll work. But yeah, that's the thing. Tennessee. That's a twofer right there. Ole Miss and Tennessee, come, <laughs> come find us. Well, Tennessee. I feel like Tennessee is a lot more passionate than Ole Miss. Ole Miss is kind of like, they're nice and they're happy to be good, but they don't. They don't really get nearly as upset because Tennessee. And w- That's smart. Why don't you tell them that the Grove sucks too? Then you'll really get it. Right. I don't need to go into that. I, I, listen, I like Tennessee. I respect what they've done. You know, they had fearless, <clears throat> fearless Price out of Dayton, Meadowdale. You know, scoring touchdowns in a national championship game for them uh, back in '98, the last time, time they were kind of relevant. I mean, that's. That's basically what it was. But I'd have these conversations with my guy, Jason Witten. You know, he's from East Tennessee, played at Tennessee, was a vol, and he's like, they're delusional there about, like, the coaches that they were going to get. He goes, every time a coaching position would come open, he goes, for, like, 15 years, it was John Gruden and Bill Cowher. He's like, you're not <laughs> getting John Gruden and Bill Cowher. And then they go to, like, other guy, elite-level guys. Like, they're, they're not coming here. He was, well, he's like, well, John, like Belichick, for, you want to come? Well, down? No. John, right, John, John Gruden was a GA here, like was the wide receiver coach. Che- married a cheerleader yeah. from Tennessee, yeah. But he's like, they don't want to go there because what they don't realize, like, there's like five guys in state that you can get every year that are Tennessee, like SEC caliber players. Mm-hmm. He's like, then you've got to go and fight with everyone else. And he goes, what they don't realize is when they're having success – the East was really good, but they could go into Louisiana because you know they had the famed you know Jerry Bernardo and, and guys who weren't doing well down there. Bama wasn't very good consistently, so they could go get those players there, bring them in, go out to the West Coast. USC wasn't really great through the early '90s, late '80s, and grab some guys from the West Coast and have some success. And then all of a sudden, like the water rose around them, and they had they were on a rock, not on a raft. <laughs> like they always say, a rising tide raises all ships. Well, they had no ability to float up with the rest of it, and now you're in the situation where if they can go nine and three, like that's great. It's a little bit, 
I would say almost akin to Michigan State. I think Michigan State, although is is far recognizes far more their situation, um, but they were great when Michigan was down and you know this and that. And Mark D'Antonio did a great job of seizing that power vacuum and had a lot of success. But the reality is, you know, when Ohio State's rolling and Penn State's rolling, if Michigan could ever get there, it'd be really tough. But they're going to have a hard time beating those guys in this area. So they've got to draft, you know, recruit and develop, and then every couple of years make a run. But sitting there at eight and four, nine and three, isn't the worst thing in the world. Which I think for Tennessee, they say that they would hate that, but in reality, they would actually love it. All right, so we've got that out of the way. For those of you who are coming in from other fan bases that don't want to listen, well, to you're Ohio passionate State, fan. We'll put that you, right up front so that oh. you, you get a couple minutes, and now the rest will be about the Buckeyes <laughs> or about Phil Mickelson, Nicole. I don't, you know, <clears throat> yes, <laughs> lefty. How cool was this weekend? I don't know how much you watched of it, but a 50-year-old goes out there and wins the PGA Championship. 10,000 people just flooding around him out there. Yeah. I just, I know that you are a much better golfer than Jay-Z gives you credit for, yes. so I thought maybe you might have watched that and enjoyed everything returning to normal. Hearing the crowds and seeing them celebrate with Phil was pretty cool. It was awesome. It was very neat. I did. I catch little glimpses of it. Um, I was working on the house trying to get ready for our daughter's graduation party, so I didn't get to see mm-hmm. all of it. Yeah. But I did notice my husband sitting very close to the television <laughs> saying, hold on, I'll be right there. And I saw Phil M- Mickelson on there, so it is very exciting. I've watched him at the Memorial Tournament. Uh, over you know many many years and so very exciting for him jay-z is yeah i mean the oldest to do it right i mean 50 years old the other oldest was 42 or something 46 46 like, was okay yeah, yeah but he's i mean the oldest he's the oldest to win by, a major by four years. yeah by almost four years and uh i mean he only got in off of you know an exemption right i mean wasn't what was he's it got, he's he, had saying? An, he had to get an exemption for the u.s open he was qualified oh, okay well, he was all right and they should have just probably waited four days because now he doesn't need it. Well, exactly. Yeah, they didn't need to go through all that. But, uh, I mean, it was fun to see. I, I saw something on Twitter about, you know, his last five or six, you know, didn't make the cut, didn't make the cut, didn't make the cut. And then, boom, he's here and, he, you know, he's hitting bombs out there, giving thumbs up to everybody. I love it. You guys, that's the game of golf. That is the hitting game bombs. of golf. Yep. Yeah. He does have a thumb. Not doing well, not he's doing got like well, a weird and then, thumb, bam, you're you know? great. He, the thumb was almost a little too much wanna, for me at the end of the day because it just kept coming out. I want to know, does he like have a clock in his mind? Because he can't be reacting to everyone who's yelling at him, but he's just... <laughs> it's almost like a political thumb. It's not like a real like thumbs up. It, it goes does. up a little yeah, bit higher just, than Bill Clinton's, I think. He does, yeah, he does, does have a... It's got a little more... He has into it. major arthritis issue, so maybe that you know plays into it. But that's his thing, and you know what? Good for him going out and getting a. You know, I'm victory. you know I'm an emotional person, right? I'm what? a very emotional guy, and I was watching it, and I got a little like, uh, you know, one? not not the fact that he won. I don't care about that. I just thought it was cool to see so many people mm-hmm. back. You were just happy that yes. there were no masks. And well, like, I'm not here to talk about these things. I'm just saying it was kind of cool. Well, you said you weren't happy for Phil, so that yeah, was... I was just happy for people being in a normal people environment, being people? Yeah. I agree. normal you know, sports and, environment. And, and there were dudes. It, it looked dudes like they were going to jump on the green, though, dude. It, it, for I didn't a while, they were going to be able to stop him. I thought they almost knocked Phil down when they came up after he hit that. The shot. first guy that jumped on him, I'm like, hey, he's not done yet. Yeah. <laughs> it looked like <laughs> he hurt himself. Don't break his he shoulder. He kind of stopped. I'm like, did somebody hurt his, you know, back jumping on? To him? go out there and hit that approach, or to mm. hit that onto the green on 18 with that many people is crazy. And I was like, okay, they're kind of like a coronation but he was still only two strokes up and yeah. Kepka had a birdie putt I'm like uh, this isn't over why are, Why is everyone longest drive of the day on what 16 yeah. or 7 16 I think it was 16 and, you know Phil goes out with a two shot lead pressure on and boom he just puts one that was, uh, that's very impressive it was it was unbelievable like you said hitting yeah. bombs going against and he's going against the guy who's Gosh. won four majors yeah. he's won two PG. he only shows up in majors he only shows up <laughs> yeah. he's, dude's huge he yeah, can bomb he the ball it, yeah. and Kepka he got a sweet mustache you know that was intimidating obviously <laughs> but 
And what did it for me, I you know, I was kind of tracking it. We had a million sports games this weekend, so I was just out getting sunburnt all day long for the last two days. And we had friends come over, and I'm, I asked him, like, hey, we pull the TV outside? Like, uh, is Phil still in this thing? He's like, in it. He goes, he's leading. He was by three shots. I'm like, what? And so we pull up. It's 15. I'm like, man, I'd almost rather be uh, – I'd almost rather be even than up three with three to go because then you can second guess yourself. Oh, yeah. You can second guess. Do you play it safe? And Phil's had that before too, right? He has. Blowing those leads. Yeah. He's, he has melted down, but it was mm-hmm. awesome to have, be able to get out there. And this is what's great about things like this happening is, you know, I've got I my kids out there with me and my friend and his kids, and we're, we're sitting there watching. You get to watch history being made. But in doing that, you talk about the other history that had been made before and talking about, you know, Tiger winning, obviously, at Augusta in 19, but getting a chance to talk about Jack doing it in 86 and just, you know, older athletes who had made these charges late in your career. And so by watching someone do that, it's fantastic in the moment. And hopefully, you know, we'll be able to talk about this again. And it's, it was so great for Phil and, like Berm said, just all the people around him. And you see the passion. But being able to then explain to younger people – because I didn't watch Jack. I mean, I remember watching all the highlights of mm-hmm. it, you know, the 20th anniversary of it. And you start talking about it, and you, you get to see all the stuff. But being able like, to talk to my son about it, like, this guy's from Columbus. He's one of the most majors. This was kind of, you know, before Tiger, that was kind of the last time something that epic had happened before where a guy who had been a multi-major winner, great player, you thought they were done, they go and make this charge and make this push. And he's from Columbus, Ohio. And being able to kind of outline all those details was, was pretty fantastic. And so anytime you see, like, history kind of being made it allows you to go back and see what the history was that had gotten you there and so that's it's a great tool because so few young people today and i sound like Tress using the term young people all Here the we time go. all the few uh, you know been in your winner's manual younger, you? younger people like every everything is just the recent it's the best if it's the most recent mm-hmm. it's the best mm-hmm. and i listen i listened to gary player sunday morning and he was awesome if you've ever listened to gary player he is fantastic. He did like a 15-minute interview on ESPN Radio talking about golf, lifestyle changes, obesity, greatness of America. He's South African, loves it over here, and all this stuff. But he was just – he was fantastic. And going in, he's like, man, when I won the career Grand Slam at 28, I thought no one would break that. Four years later, Jack does it at 26, and then Tiger does it at 24. He goes, these guys are phenomenal. He's like, Tiger was the greatest golfer of all time. But he got, you know, he had, he had the issues. He didn't get it. So it's Jack. He was the most talented, but couldn't get it done. And he starts going into longevity and taking care of yourself. And he said Phil's accomplishment today would be as great as anything. That was before they knew what the result was. Mm-hmm. Like, it would be as great as anything that was out there. But he goes through all that history, and you get to talk about it again, which, you know, it makes you feel like you're living it. And it gives you a chance to kind of allow another generation to open up and see something that wasn't done on TikTok or YouTube. <laughs> well, we also had that earlier this year with another another old timer in winning the Super Bowl and Tom Brady. Yes, same I, thing. I was thinking the same yeah. exact thing. So you got a lot of guys that are that are coming out. Maybe it was a COVID reset things. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? But I'm going to wrap all that the recency bias and history up and. Name drop that quarterback because at Letterman Row, we're starting position weeks. Ooh. So we start with the QBs, Jay-Z, and I, I was kicking this around with Nicole. And was, let's just go right into it. Okay. If you had to win one game, one game, and you could pick any Ohio State quarterback in history, who's, sure, who's, in history. who's getting the start? <clears throat> Nicole's had the time to prep. I didn't tell oh, you okay. three. So. No, yeah, I, no, yeah. That's, I was going to ask you. I was like yeah. thinking of the three quarterbacks now. <laughs> well, sometimes I just leave Burn in, out. In you two are in loop, but this this time, no, we're going. Wow. We're going Nicole gets to go first, thing, right? Yeah, she does. 
Okay, so Justin, I'm really sorry I didn't pick you. Um, <laughs> no, no, I'm not gonna pick myself. <laughs> um, guys, I was trying not to pick the obvious, but I feel like it's just how it is. But I'm gonna pick Justin Fields just because I was so impressed with the talent that he brought to Ohio State. And though he may not be the best quarterback of all time, his talent is there. And I remember when we were talking about um, the draft, about how, you know, people were saying he is slow making decisions or, you know, hesitates. I didn't feel that way at all during the season. I don't think anybody who watched him. I mean, (laughs) if anything, I felt like I had never seen a quarterback be able to read the situation as well as he did and, and not panic and throw it just because, you know, things were moving quickly and he can also run the ball. He can make the decision to run the ball and he can do it well. So I would, I would pick him. Big game QB, Justin Fields. Yeah. I mean, there's just, there's nothing wrong with that pick whatsoever. Um, Gosh, it's just so hard to pick because football even when we were there, I mean, it's changed. Change. I mean, this offense is so – I mean, it was probably more suited to what our team was back then. But, you know, right. we wanted to go with Flydell in the backfield and, you know, running up the middle a couple times before we went play action on third down. Uh, so it's just a little bit different. Uh, gosh, you guys have anybody? I'm trying to rack my brain. I mean, I have na- – I, I, I'm kind of torn between – Firm's going to pick Troy. He always JT does. Barrett. Yes, I mean, he's a Heisman winner. It's JT not- might be the guy. I, I watched – I spent $1,100 to watch Troy Smith choke in the biggest game in Ohio. So I feel like there might be some okay. bias. <laughs> so I'm not going to – Forget recency bias. We have a real <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm not going to pick Troy Smith. Um, <laughs> Troy was great, obviously. But, uh, you know, he had a chance to win a huge game for Ohio State and was awful. Um JT Barrett is probably – I'd go back and forth between JT and Justin Fields. I think Fields has the best combination of traits that any Ohio State quarterback's ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, combining, you know, his leadership skills with the physical skills, to me, I would probably pick Justin. The, the JT conversation is more <laughs> interesting now with a couple of years removed because his his accomplishments are almost as incredible as they are for the career records. They're, they've been dwarfed by what Dwayne and Justin did after mm-hmm. him. So it's easy to forget, in some respects, what he did for so long and the longevity of his career, how impressive that was. And some people also hold that against him because of Dwayne and Joe Burrow. But, <laughs> I mean, he he was the starting quarterback for a reason for yeah, a long for time. For 10 years. <laughs> it felt like <laughs> ten it. 10 years. <laughs> he ran so many quarterback runs up the middle. He got really good at it. Quarterback power. Yeah. I hope, I hope Trevor Lawrence is ready for that. Oh, gosh. Could you imagine? Yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> we saw it quite a bit. It won't uh, be hard. It's just Bob Jay Z struggling over there. This is, is a tough, well, it's his a tough pos- call. It's his position. I uh gosh, it's you look back and you try to think and like Justin said, the game has changed so much with what you asked that position to do. And you know, the historians and you know, I could look at a guy who's from my hometown in Rex Kern and people mm-hmm. loved him, said he was the ultimate winner. Did he have the best arm in the world? No. Great runner, unbelievable leader. Mm-hmm. And they won a national championship his sophomore year. You know, lose the USC as a as junior year in the Rose Bowl, and then you know lose the Michigan or lose no lose to Michigan as junior year, and then lose the USC as senior in the Rose Bowl. Or, you know, people talked about that as like a three time national championship team potentially. Um, gosh, I mean, it's there's, there's <laughs> just, I would say Justin is the most talented guy yeah. ever to play the quarterback position in Ohio State, and. Not just most talented, but talented and most productive. Mm-hmm. And the game has changed a lot and has put a lot on him to be able to do that. I, I have a hard time. See, so 
I'm a year. I didn't get redshirted like like Justin and, and some of the other guys in our class. So I only I was on the sideline for that national championship game, and it didn't necessarily sting as much because um, I wasn't I wasn't getting any hardware, and I didn't pay any money to go other than my plane ticket. <laughs> so it was I wasn't nearly as invested um, in that. But I guess I would have to go. I look at the Michigan game my senior year, mm-hmm. and I watch. I want and. It's one of the most re- remarkable plays. The pass from Troy to Gonzo yeah. on a third, like there's like 45 seconds left. We're on the 45-yard line. And our offense wasn't built like this offense today. Mm-hmm. We never, our two-minute drill was, we would get to that point, and I would just like, I'd like pray, like, dude, someone blow a coverage, mm-hmm. miss a tackle, because we're not designed to throw it 12 times in a row and go score. No. That wasn't even something that happened. And so when I saw that, I'm like, okay, Troy steps up to run. I forget who the linebacker was that fills. Maybe Lawrence, no, Lawrence Reed was done at that point. And like backpedaling, throws off one leg, and Gonzo climbs the ladder, goes, gets it, and I'm like, okay, it's great. We start to score. Mm-hmm. Pitt runs it in the next play for a touchdown. But I'm like, that's, that's remarkable. Like that, that won us the game. And I'm there on the sideline. I'm like, well, I'm going to get my gold pants at Michigan. Like that, that solidified it. And so because of that and, like, obviously other games and stuff that he had played well in, and there was a time where winning in the Michigan game actually meant something. Like oh, when they, sure. When they were good. Our sophomore year. I mean, yeah. that's the minute. That's what I was sitting there saying, man, he just right? beat Michigan, you know. Yeah. I got no shot at coming back on this this bad boy. You win that. Yes, I'm yeah. saying. You win that game and, like, play well. Not, no, he not played amazing, it, yeah. But play really yeah. well in that game and put up, like, unbelievable numbers. It's hard. Yeah. It's really hard to forget that. And so people that are older, I guess, I look at that in those games and – how much that meant from growing up in Ohio and knowing 10 years of really, an, oh, yeah. 13 years of ineptitude, get two wins and a tie, and like winning in those games with all the pressure, I, I got. I have to go with him. Like Justin's, Justin's more talented than he is, and he's taller and has a little bit more, and the offense is more built to you know obviously have success. But you know, for one game outside of the 2006 <laughs> national championship game, I, I mean, the guy never really mailed in a bad performance in a big moment. Isn't it wild how different this conversation is about the Ohio State quarterbacks? And Nicole, this is another thing that came up before the draft. It's like, oh, well, they never translate at the next level. Well, that doesn't. Bowserman? It doesn't really. Yeah, Bowserman definitely changed it. <laughs> I'm talking about a run of taking a I watched him throw that ball in this, against <laughs> Miami. Oh, uh, I was ten, there on that one, ten, too. <laughs> ten rows deep. Oh, that was tough. I mean, <laughs> Terrell Pryor, Braxton Miller. JT Barrett, Cardale Jones. Todd Beckman. <laughs> Let's not forget about old Todd. I'm skipping over 2011. Um, and then Justin Fields, Dwayne Haskins, what they did. You know, Cardale going undefeated in his starts. It's pretty remarkable the success Ohio State has had at that quarterback position for a school that apparently can't develop any passers. It is. And, I mean, that's all recent stuff, right? I mean, back when we came in, you know, I remember thinking – Walt Harris was at Pitt, and he was kind of the quarterback guy here, and, you know, he'd put some guys in the league. And so like, amazing. You know, you're going through recruiting thinking, well, Ohio State never really did have that quarterback go. You know, he coached Dan Marino or this, you know, that sort of thing. Um, didn't, but th- wasn't Walt Harris at Ohio State? Yeah, he was at Ohio State, and then he got the head yeah. coaching job out of Pitt. Coached, like, Ho- yeah. Was he there with Bob Hoy and those guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. like, yeah, it's, yeah. That's a, yeah. I remember getting those letters, like, Walt Harris, dude, yeah. former no, he he was <laughs> – this uh, the same as Tress. Yeah. You know, I mean, type personality, you know, this is the same kind of guy. But, you know, I remember thinking back then that Ohio State really hadn't done much with the quarterback position, and that's changed here in the last 10 years, I think. You know, people say what they want about Haskins, and he didn't 
whatever. He had a great year. He can oh, throw yeah. the rock. He's in the league. It was a first-round pick. You know, I mean, that is what it is. He, he's easy touchdowns is still pretty. Yeah, he's got a, a crazy amount of talent, and he. I haven't given up on him in the NFL yet. Uh, Justin, I think, is, you know, in the last 20 years, he's, he's got to be the best athlete that has played the position since, you know, even when Bob, Bob and I were there. I mean, Troy was a great athlete. Don't get, I don't mean to say anything I like that. Ter- but Terrell Pryor was probably a better athlete than Justin. Uh, yeah, but yeah. I don't think he was a better athlete at the quarterback position, if that makes sense. Yeah. Which maybe. it might not. I, I mean, mean he's, he didn't have the, the ability to throw the ball like Justin did. or Yeah, he was never going to really just one, two, three, else. and one or, throw it. Yeah, I mean, he may not have been the best passer in the quarterback room if he was the only guy in the quarterback room. <laughs> <He's> just, <laughs> well, that seems I mean, extreme. Yeah, I mean, he was not a great passer, obviously, but – Terrell, I mean, if you go size-wise, Bobby, I mean, Bobby Hoying was a great quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bobby Hoying was a really a productive, really talented quarterback. I can't. I mean, he made it to the NFL. Didn't wait seven or eight years. Yeah, yeah he was in know. there for a while. He had a great offense. I mean, they had some burners on the outside. And, I mean, he had. And, I mean, he had. Terror. But it wasn't what the offenses are today. No. You know, I mean, it's traditional pro. St- I mean, yeah. you look at some of his numbers. He's throwing like eighteen. Yeah, times I know it's not fourteen of eighteen. Yeah. But that was on an offense with Terry Glenn, oh, with yeah. Ricky Dudley, with Eddie George, Orlando you know, Pace, Orlando Pace, Corey Stringer. Stringer. I mean, that, those that a lot of dudes. Are you suggesting that you should lean heavily on Eddie George? That's uh, a bold strategy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'd try it. I mean, we have all these other athletes on the outside. I mean, it's the same type of stuff we're going in now. We've got athletes everywhere. You got to pick and choose who you want to try and get the ball to or who you want to spread it around to. Um, you know, now we just do a little bit better job because we're in the gun. And it's just kind of wide open. There's for, more, more play, guys. There's more plays too. Well, yeah, more plays, more players. I mean, rotating in and out. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a totally different ball game. I don't know that I'm going to even pick one. We went through every yeah. quarterback. I mean, I didn't think you would. Uh, I mean. I'm going to take the only undefeated starting quarterback that I covered at Ohio State and Cardale. I'm just going to roll I love love dice with a national champion. Uh, also, he's my favorite personality of any of the yeah. quarterbacks, non-Justin's Wick variety <laughs> that I've that I've covered here. I just I love being around him. If oh, I was having sure. to be on that sideline, I'd like him to keep me loose and and crack some crack some jokes. And I think that he, people hold 2015 against him the way it ended, and it, and it somewhat overshadows what he did in 14. Mm-hmm. Maybe not for everybody. I don't, that generalization doesn't apply 100% across the board, but he was in a tougher spot. They, that 2015 t- team, they just didn't maximize the talent. The, some of the promises that he may have been uh, offered to come back didn't really come to fruition, and it was just a disjointed mm-hmm. disjointed year with him and JT going back and forth. But you know the size, the arm strength – Clearly, the confidence that he had, yeah, being able to step up in a time where his team needs him to, uh, you know, Run answer the bell, and you know, I mean, it, it was an impressive run he had. You know, I think JT, you know, after starting for ten years or whatever he did, I think he's kind of the one that put us on that trajectory of where we are now, right? I mean, Urban came in and he had Braxton for a year or two, and then JT took over, and we started. You know, I don't think winning all these really games understand how dynamic JT Barrett was I, yeah. in 2014. I mean, the, the breaking his leg when he did changed everything about the way he played the next couple of years. He was dynamic as heck in yeah. those first 10 games what, of 2014. What was the 80 yards running away from people at Minnesota? In the uh, term running away, I mean, it was... <laughs> it was no, that was like Tech Mobile. You know how you run and you kind of... Zigzag. I didn't say straight line speed. I said running away. Sideline to sideline. Hey, running in that... T- it was like six degrees out. You don't oh, yeah. move a lot faster. Everybody's slower in the snow. That is true. It wasn't snow. It was just really cold. There may have been flakes. There wasn't actually snow on the ground. I mean, the the flakes were flurrying around the dilly bar on the sideline for that. Dilly bar on the sideline. Minnesota strength coach or whoever that probably wasn't. I don't think he was a strength coach. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty sure that was. I instantly knew that was wrong. Pretty sure that was enough. I'm pretty sure that was an offensive line coach. I mean, yeah, that guy wasn't built like flakes. 
Um, no. All right, so I think we've sorted it out. You had a lot of good yeah. options at Ohio State for <laughs> quarterback. Um, fried pickles are this week. For mm. Tuesday. Yes. Nicole, is there anything else that you need to get out there or arguments that you need to settle? Um, yes, I just would like to say, I you know, I don't like ever having to pick one great athlete. So I do think all of our quarterbacks have been amazing. And I think, too, that <laughs> they – hold on, this is, this is important. It. I think they all have learned from one another, too. That's why they just keep getting better and better. They watch, you know, the guys ahead of them, and then they grow to be even better. And I also want to say about Cardale, he is – the, he's he's the a best. great, great leader. So amazing. And he loves roosters and mm-hmm. he treats our staff like our team so well, so respectful and just such a good person. And I just think that is a um, something very important with any athlete. I mean, you know, I think that helps make them even a better athlete when they're a good when they're just a good person in general. He loves roosters and he loves Letterman oh. Row. That's good enough for me. Come yeah, a long, I love that's it. Right. I love He's it. come a long way from playing school. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I, yeah. I'd like to say that. Imagine. Troy Smith win Ryan Day's offense. Like is that that your guys at the 2005-2006 teams mm-hmm. in Ryan Day's offense would have been just absurd. Well, I think the same might have been true for Terrell Pryor. I mean, you could cover up yeah. some of the oh, for uh, sure. accuracy issues. Yeah, he would have been playing with tight end. Well, okay. Well, that's a different conversation. <laughs> we can actually have that when we go back. We're going to let Nicole. And we'll exciting go. news, guys. Oh, ooh, uh, yeah. She had another thing. Okay. Corn dogs are coming back on the menu. Yeah. No chips yet, but corn dogs. All right. It's a start. Progress. Guys, it's a start. We're accomplishing. We're making things happen <laughs> here every Monday. It's happening. For Letterman Live, except for next week, by the way, which will be Memorial Day. Mm. So that'll be a Tuesday show. Tuesday. Show. For anybody who and wants guys, to. Guys, I won't be here that week, but I'll be uh, back the following week. All right, Sorry, we're, not, we're not coming. What's up? It's okay. I'll send my notes in. Well, on vacation. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Berm's going to steal your notebook. Can we, can we four box her and just drop her in? Yeah, we're going to have there? to figure out something. We got a TV screen. We'll, we'll start working with that up there. All right. Uh, thanks, Nicole, again, for having Thank us every week in here. We'll be right back with Letterman Live. It's brought to you by Roosters, which is a fun, casual joint. Roosters is one of the unique companies that we deal with. They're involved in everything we do, from our personal foundation to also the Cancer Research Fund. And that's from the Buckeye Cruise from Cancer to all the events leading up to the Buckeye Cruise. They donate back to different organizations that are near and dear to their heart. And we're so fortunate to have been with Roosters now for a long, long time. All the folks at Roosters are just genuinely kind folks, and they want to make a difference. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. All right, welcome back into Roosters. We're in the Letterman Lounge. We're talking about quarterbacks for quarterback weeks. Let's let's shift away from a conversation that actually included you, Jay Z, as a potential answer, <laughs> and talk about this year and what needs to happen over the summer months so that Ryan Day and Kevin Wilson, Corey Dennis can pick between C.J. Stroud, Jack Miller, and Kyle McCord by August, or probably by August fifteenth. I'll just say that that's that's when it needs to be done. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of stuff that these quarterbacks are going to be doing um kind of on their own there's nothing in place by the ncaa that allows them to have any more time that we've talked about before let's put a put a pin in that real quick i mean austin always has his ear to the tracks if you will yeah i do knows everything that's coming down the pipe you have to be careful though when you put your ear on the track well as long as i'm not as long as i'm not have my foot on the other side and just holding you there until you get well that's what makes me nervous oh it's okay but i'm gonna hold you there (laughs) until it's happening right now. give me this answer (laughs) that's what's happening right now because (laughs) due the due to like how spring went and obviously the off season lack of a spring last year there's been rumblings that the ncaa you know in their quick ability to be very mobile and adaptable, oh, to very p- much. pivot yeah, on this that's situation them all the way, and might allow a little bit of c- 
contact with the coach, not physical contact, but contact with the coaches as far as mm-hmm. hours here, hours there, of some instruction as far as throwing the ball and working through mm-hmm. some of the schematic things that maybe they hadn't done before, which would change, obviously, oh. your answer with how things are working because mm-hmm. that's not been never mm-hmm. been the case. Is that yeah. something, Austin? Well, that, that on the tracks. That might it is on be the there. Tracks, it's on the tracks. You know, the NCAA train moves very slowly. <clears throat> but is it before or behind the NIL? Where does that come in? Or did, did that I get think, derailed? That that's I no, I think that there is progress being made on that. And it's also uh, a reflection that coaches around the country when they go to their uh, competitive committees and make the recommendations. Oh, the coaches are all about it. Yeah. They'd say sure. yeah. Every day. But they haven't all, <laughs> yeah. the truth is they haven't always been because like. you know, some would like their time off. Uh and you're also trying to represent the interests of more than just SEC coaches or Ohio State coaches. Yeah, these guys are paid a lot, man. Well, and they also think that they need to go spend some of it at the lake, which recruiting I, is a vacation. You get to go down to Florida and oh, try to get oh, guys oh. down there. <laughs> Berm's getting worked up on that one down there. No, um, I mean, it's already more than what you guys had under hmm. the allowable hours in the summer because they can get eight where they can have meetings. That part has been changed since. Yes. Which was just a few years ago when you guys were out there. Uh, well, they, there was a point when we played. They, they could not – it was voluntary, and they couldn't take attendance. And the coaches <laughs> would walk around, and dudes would grab the clipboard and throw it, <laughs> yeah. like, throw it across. Like, we're tracking your numbers. Like, well, mm, if you don't have yeah. a number box, <laughs> you, <laughs> you obviously weren't here. So, yeah, that part has changed. And they can – once you're – you're seeing a lot more people taking those summer hours. Almost that's basically mandatory for playing college football anymore uh, because you can voluntary. have – Voluntary. Yeah. Because you can have those workouts, the eight hours, you can have meetings, go through the offense. There, four or five years ago, I think they were like, "Well, you you can do these workouts, but you can't use a football." So you would start, throw a tennis ball. So you start seeing other. tennis balls. You'd see volleyball. Dumbest balls, thing in the world. And like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Like, you already have admitted that we need, or we're allowed to do this. That it's something that's valuable to the kids. So there has been. <laughs> I want so, you to think about how absurd that that is. Like, so for a quarterback, it's so NCAA. It, mm-hmm. Like, first of all, you're talking about guys who, you know, if they have draft ability or NFL ability, they have millions of dollars in their elbow and shoulder. And you're going to go from throwing a football, and, hey, we're going to have you throw this tennis ball, like this wiffle ball, and hopefully this doesn't jack you up. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> hey, go throw that. See how that yeah. feels. You know what? My elbow's starting to hurt. You get used to throwing get some curveballs <laughs> out there. Curve. <laughs> wiffle ball. It's hard to, Justin, hard Justin, to flick that. With we, the, uh... we only need one. Just the fastball, Justin. We don't need any curveballs, knuckleballs mm-hmm. out there. Uh, but that part's crazy. Yeah, they're they're heading more towards that direction, Bob, and they already have some that's more allowable allowable than what you guys had. Okay, so tell us now, Justin, well, what, what I mean, the process is going to be like. You and the offensive line going to wing stop, maybe to root, not even. Well, no, that's, uh, that, that comes later. You know, you, you do, you set up your seven-on-sevens, you know, on Tuesday, Thursdays, or Monday, Wednesday, Friday, however, you know, many days you think you're going to get the guys to come, right? Because uh, so you need def- you need you need everybody. You can't just get your receivers or your guys. you got to get the linebackers. you got to get everybody on the same schedule. Linebackers are the hardest ones. I think. Well, you know, they back in our day, they, they, they like were football. the testy linebackers ones. Linebackers don't even like football, from what I understand. <laughs> is that is he getting that <laughs> from you? That's funny. <laughs> but anyhow, so you got to set your schedule up. You'll have your seven-on-seven. Seven. You know, a lot of times they'll leave a script from practice in the springtime in the quarterback room that you can go grab – Take it out there, and now you're calling. Yeah. Now you're calling actual plays. You know you're able to remember. Sometimes they have notes on them of what coverages you know you want to look at or what you want to run them into. So that'll be a lot of what these young guys are doing. Um, you know they're all <laughs> pretty fresh. I mean, redshirt freshmen and a freshman. So you know for them to take charge and 
you know, set all this up and be a part of it uh, is going to be big for him because that's part of being a quarterback. It's part of being the leader of the team, uh, you know, setting all this thing, you know, these things up now. You have a Lave and you have some older receivers who are probably going to be able to help them in that. But, uh, I mean, as far as throwing goes, they're going to be getting their own practice in with the receivers, one-on-ones, or, you know, just doing routes just so they can have the timing down with these younger receivers that maybe they don't have a chance to throw to all the time. And then, you know, when seven-on-seven comes, you get in there, you, you get as many reps as you can. I mean, I'm sure they'll have it broken up, you know, maybe even enough to go, you know, both ends of the field. So you have two quarterbacks going at each time. Um, and then – you go take your offensive lineman to roosters, How and you have you have some wings, well, and you have uh, you know maybe a couple of cold waters. You go meet your offensive lineman at roosters. Well, yeah, because they were already there because they they skipped out early <laughs> after uh, laying in the end zone with their bags, uh, doing their drills. How, how much time did you guys spend away from school back then? Like, I mean. It seems away, like these, what is away from school? Yeah, I, don't, I mean, saying, you like, get your week did you off. Go, did you go home for the summer? I mean, how when did, when did that really? That change, I guess they said there was a rumor that people used to do that, like yeah. in the '90s. <laughs> yeah, there's a rumor that, but by 2002, that yeah. wasn't the case. Like I mean, we guys, were there as freshmen before we even went yeah. to, you know, our freshman seasons. We we're coming up in the summertime to work out. Yeah, guys, a lot of guys. Started, you took a class before you yeah. even enrolled, right? Yeah, or, it's like yeah, we start yeah, like coming in early. It wasn't a thing yeah. like it was, but guys, like hey, when you come down and get a jump start on this, start working out, see what they're doing, learn a little bit of the offense and defense. And, uh, you know, work through that. So, yeah, guys are taking classes. They have internships now. But it's it's a year-round thing. Like, yeah. there, there is no off-season yeah. from development and getting better. And even back when we did it, we would have spring break, and our spring ball would start the next Monday. So we didn't even get spring breaks, really. Oh, you know, I mean, I didn't anyways. I mean, responsible players. Well, yes, know. responsible. <laughs> you know, because I know I got practice coming up on Monday morning. You know, I'm, I'm spending that week Press? working out. Now it's in the middle of practice. So it's probably the same type of thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, they've made it so I mean, they can't yeah, go. Yeah, it can't go. Tress, remember we started making that meeting at 8 o'clock on yeah. Sunday night. Oh, that's right. The night to make before, sure everybody's back. To make sure everybody was back. And you had some motley-looking <laughs> crews you were rolling, walk, in. rolling through there, man. Like, <laughs> they had just driven all night. From Florida all to get back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, in the clothes that they had on probably 24 <laughs> hours prior. Yeah. Looking really rough. But, uh, you know, it's a fine line, like Justin said, about scheduling this stuff. Because if you schedule too much, no one wants to come. Yep. So you have to find the sweet spot. Like, because yeah, they're still there two hours, two plus yeah. a day, working out, lifting, you know, doing everything else they have to do. So you're saying, hey, you know, six o'clock, we're coming back. We're you coming know? back. And, it's, and so some guys would lift at four and then be done. Other mm-hmm. guys are lifting in the morning because they've got you know internships or cloud, however it is. And you've got to come back. You've got to do all that stuff again. And then sometimes you'd get back there, and there'd be other sports that were using the fields, mm-hmm. and. What really bothered me was one of those camps. I'm like, I could give a crap about these high school kids out here that are out here running around doing this stuff. And so then I'd have to go out there and be the jerk and I have to start just kicking their stuff <laughs> off the field. And the other coaches would get mad. I'm like, who's paying your salaries? Let's get the heck off of here. Let's be honest. Where this funding yeah, stuff linebackers were the ones that were getting I'm getting trying stuff to make stuff, making day. sure. I'm like, I don't care. Like, be honest. Like, if we don't win enough games next year, we're not bringing in the same amount of money. So you're putting a whole lot of pressure on us. So let's let us go out yeah, here. It's practice. 6 o'clock at night. We're going to get ha- this one field. They tried to like go over on the grass field. It's not even <laughs> lines. There weren't even lines on it. Yeah, there weren't even lines grass on it. Field. It's not it even there anymore. Bad. They, it was they, so bad. But I'm like, you go over that. Like It's not lined, and it's trash. You guys go over there and do that. You're dealing with a camp. We're dealing with trying to win football games. Hey, hey Berm. Um, hey. Recruiting hey. is a vacation. <laughs> yep. And Love it. camps are trash. Camps are trash. 
You guys just especially this year. What two weeks ago? I'm not right? talking that about. One? I'm talking about other sports. Uh, oh, games. oh yeah, those other sports are definitely true. Let me tell you this. <laughs> I I read through some of the NCAA documents on what happens on some of these recruiting trips and high school coaches and where they go to maybe cabarets, berms trailing. You got good there. wings, right? Yeah, I mean, so the don't best tell wings me. ever in Florida down there. I've never been, been there. To, I've never been to Tootsie's. Okay, I mean, I'm just maybe You've heard some reviews, haven't you? I've heard a plenty of reviews, um, <laughs> but I've never been there, and I don't particularly care for dollar ballets myself but that's dollar not the ballets. point that's not that. the point the, he does like burlesque i've never i've never heard that <laughs> now, i've never heard of the dollar now, ballet and i mean are we venture, are we veering off here <laughs> if you ever people, get a chance to go to the, like it if you so. ever get a chance to go to the kit kat club in portland oregon you should go <laughs> there <Kit laughs> the kit kat that club. place is a fun time break me off a piece I mean, it, it, we're not going to go in. Just look it up online, folks. <laughs> www.google.com. That's why he's mad that they moved the Elite 11 the, opening yeah, from, moving oh, from there. <laughs> yeah, the opening now, nobody goes anywhere. Nobody goes anywhere. It's nice. I don't know. The They've got some nice, uh, and this is what. Bob, you know something about Dallas? Well, AJ, hey. AJ would tell us because they used to stay right there in, uh, right there in Ir- like off outside of Irving where the old stadium was. And Dallas is very unique, and they maybe have changed it since. When I got there, Texas, first of all, was dry complete on Sundays. You couldn't buy any, even beer or wine. And they only had, like, pockets where they would sell these, like, have liquor stores. It wasn't like here where they're evenly dispersed throughout kind of the state. Oh, there's one in the town, one over here. It was like one strip of all all seediness, so you had to like <laughs> everybody know when you're getting Put off your like hat on low Northwest Highway. It was strip clubs and liquor and, and liquor stores, <laughs> and that's what AJ. I he told me this when his first year there, McCarthy was like, "Hey, stay out of the strip clubs." I guess probably in Green Bay, you're not getting a whole lot of <laughs> yeah. high ta- yeah. high level talent there. No. And he said Dallas was maybe known for these these deals, um, and right there on Northwest Highway, Berm. I mean, that's wow. You know, so if you have to and go we were just Irving, in Texas. Yeah, you were Los just Colinas. there. Yeah, we were just in Texas. I mean, they had to like meet Pac-Man Jones at the airport so he wouldn't go to one of the strip clubs. Like, Probably. <laughs> when they him, signed him. Cut him off. Pick him up, yeah. <laughs> pick him up at the airport. But camps are trash, especially this summer, because media is not allowed to attend them for mm. some reason, which is, you know. Terrible. Out of an abundance of caution and care. But abundance. Oh, that's right. They start, on the, they start oh. on the same day next week that Everything's reopened. Opens don't, up. don't even have to wear masks anywhere. Because it's run by the university. You're talking about pods of 10 people. It doesn't even make sense. Anyway. We're comp- we- and it's terrible for the kids that are there that aren't Ohio State caliber kids because that's when they get exposure around to other schools. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a bad deal all around. Um, that university also gave Gene Smith a four-year extension yes. last week, Bob. Uh, he had given some consideration and was a candidate for the Pac-12 commissioner job, which would have been a very strange way for him to end his career, in my opinion. But – uh, that's not on the table anymore. He'll be people go to California to retire all the time. <laughs> Come on, uh, not anymore. Who Everybody's does? leaving California now. Well, I think they go maybe to Arizona. Florida. <laughs> yeah, Arizona. Arizona, Arizona, Florida. It would be Arizona for Gene Smith, yeah. but uh, that's not happening. Where are the Pac-12 be. offices even at? They're in San Francisco. I thought they were moving mm, some of that. That sounds <laughs> lovely, well, were, lovely place. They were spending like twelve hundred ten million dollars a year on rent and rent, and <laughs> yep. for no reason whatsoever. When yep. you could put it anywhere. Uh, and yeah. save some money. No, we'll so. where the most expensive real estate is. That's where <laughs> yeah. we need to set up. Because uh, there's Don't so much money to pay these kids. Though. So much passion for Stanford and Cal. <laughs> People in Silicon Valley care about college football. They love. Oh, big time. They love college football. There's no question about that. Um, I put them, I, I have, I'd put I them up against the Bama faithful any day of the week. Sure, we're gonna, just going <laughs> to praise the Pac-12. <laughs> In hopes to keep bringing more people in to argue with Bob on Twitter. Uh, that, that could be a segment. It could be. It, it's absolutely going. Hashtag argue with Bob. 
<laughs> that, that does not. I don't like that. It's a fun, it's take a over fun your casual life. Because it weighs on me all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a fun casual chat on Twitter like they all are. Uh, do you like <laughs> the uh, extension here, Bob, this this move for Gene? Yeah, I mean, you're going through a rough situation right now, obviously coming out of COVID. You know, Gene has governed one of the most successful, I would say, total sports periods in Ohio State history. You know, they've had a lot of success. You know, he, he's here when Thad was here going to Final Fours. Um, came in after Tress's national championship, won a national championship under Urban. They've been to the playoff a bunch of times. Wrestling teams won a national championship. Lacrosse team played for one. I mean, yeah. there's other teams that I'm leaving yeah. out. Many, many teams go Don't out and win. Tennis, tennis, pistol, right, yeah. swimming. Oh, pistol, pistol like, sure. those are, that's real. And so they pride themselves on that. They've got brand new facilities. Uh, nice. He's done a pretty good job with all those things. You know, financially, they've got it, they're have got they in a tough spot, as most schools are around the country. And the most people didn't plan for COVID. So, I mean... I don't know anyone. That would have been hard to, yeah. I don't know anyone that could plan for a mass <laughs> pandemic and how that works, but you know, doing uh, doing the best that they can. So it's good to have that consistency. I think as you're as you're moving through this phase, I know he's got a pretty good relationship with Ryan, which is big because you have to feel like those guys are on and you know together, linear thinkers. And the next guy you bring in, Ryan Day, wasn't his guy hire. I mean, so not that there would be a schism at any point in time, but that's that's always something that you worry about. Yeah, you want to keep that continuity. If he did leave, they should bring back Pat Chun, by the way. Yeah, that's for sure. Huge that home would be run. Awesome. He's out of Washington State right now. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, because Gene, one thing that he has built that doesn't get a ton of attention outside of Columbus or people like sitting here at this table who know them is the athletic director tree that he, that Gene Smith has grown. Pat Chun is one of those. Uh, you look at Martin Jarman now at UCLA. Mm-hmm. A couple of good options there. Bob doesn't want that one. He's a Pat Chun guy. I'm a Pat Chun guy. Yeah, Not Pat. that Martin's a bad dude. Like I just, I'm a Pat Chun guy. And, man. and also, most recent, recently, someone who I really like, Diana Sabo. Oh yeah, she's going to the Big Ten. Uh, mm-hmm. She's been there now for what three weeks? Yeah, a couple weeks. Uh, a prime position for her. So if Ohio State <laughs> gets to that point, and you didn't even mention. You even mentioned Bro, Heather Light. Oh, man. I was going to throw Heather's Heather name Light. out there. She's that Pitt. That Pitt. Yeah. Formerly she, the Eastern Michigan Eagles. And she then hated us, I felt like, when we were in school. Just, you, know, you, didn't, you didn't feel like that. I think she actually did. Heather went to Michigan. Just, just Heather went to Michigan. Her. Yeah, she went to Michigan. So she used to come up huh, real pompous. Oh, yeah. She was very pompous early in her career, like Tress after he won in 01. She said, well, that's nice. You know, he got his one. Mm-hmm. Like, and then just the tidal wave came. And eventually she didn't come and do the meetings anymore. I think, <laughs> I think her heart had been taken from her because well, she couldn't sit there and parade around like she was the cha- they were the champions of the West well, anymore. Bob, I was trying to name legitimate candidates for 2026. <laughs> moving forward but she's, if you want to include, a pit. if you want to include a, a michigan woman then that's fine but i'm not going to well justin was right there if well, I, I mean I, I, was I just remember her back in the day we didn't think fondly of her yeah. as, I, as young players i mean i'm sure, sure she's a nice lady i don't know her you know nowadays yeah, young players love everyone in the athletic department yeah. Don't? Yeah, compliance that works. they're always trying yeah. to get you that's yeah that's what they're there for mm-hmm. um i think Burn, you got bureaucrats anything? are the best yeah, that's, what I thought. that's a good way to end it right <laughs> yeah. there Love. loves bureaucracy. Love bureaucrats. I love roosters even more. Mm, this has yes. been another fun, casual conversation at Roosters. It's been Letterman Live. Uh, thanks to Nicole Cox for having us again. That's Berm, Jay-Z, and Bobby. I am Austin Ward. We'll be back here next week. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. We'll be talking about some more Buckeyes here all year round on LettermanRow.com.